Hype Beast Radio, I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. There are some Business of Hype guests who are household names, and we're allowed the opportunity to get an inside look at their process and story. Some of these are OGs who've put in decades of work and made an impact on this culture. Others are up-and-comers who have many chapters left to write, and we get to witness their amazing trajectory. Then there's this week's guest. She's a mixture of everything and still very much in her own unique lane. She's a little mysterious, and she's still an up-and-comer. But yet, I've traveled to foreign lands where young women will come up to me and say, oh my God, you're friends with CP. She didn't just pop on the scene, nor is she ready to hang it up. She's big on social media, but with a story that's not well known at all. She's a photographer at the core, but yet she's exercised her creative muscle in many other art forms. And so this week, we're not just going to talk about the dope work that she's done and continues to do. That's never where we stop on the business of hype. We are going to go very, very deep. So get ready for the one and only Christina Pack and listen up as she breaks down her introduction to photography, the importance of understanding your mental health, and how social media makes an impact on all of our lives. All right. So I'm going to preface this first by saying, you know, I like having not only veteran OGs on the Business of Hype show, but I also love hearing from like younger people and the generation that's coming up and kind of like what things you're going through, both success and challenges, because I think a lot of the listeners can can learn from that, you know, like right from firsthand reality of mm-hmm. what you're going through. Uh, so I've always been a fan of your work. Um, I haven't really been a fan of you personally, but I've been a fan of your work for a long time. Oh, wow. I'm just, I'm just playing. I thought we were friends. We're, we're very close friends. Oh, my God. Um, but tell me, who do we have in the studio today? Give yourself a proper introduction. My name is Christina Pack, and I'm a photographer. Okay, cool. When you tell people what you do, do you just say that plain, straight up, I'm a photographer? Sometimes it depends on the person. I feel like... It depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. If I want to talk to this person, if I just say, "Oh, I'm a photographer," or that's if, when you want to cut it short. Yeah. Okay. What else do you? What's the expanded definition? Well, I feel like I do a lot more. I'm always mm-hmm. interested in styling, and I've been consulting, and mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. More stuff. More stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But I don't want to be like, "Hey, I do this, 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 this." Like. Yeah. Yeah. I started following your work purely from a photographic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the images that you did because they weren't traditional, quote-unquote, beauty. Right. They were, like, skewed a little bit, Mm -hmm. or a little bit off-kilter. Yeah. You know? That's awesome that you say that. Is that something that you're deliberately going for? For sure, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like what's out right now and what what kids see every day, Mm -hmm. what's the definition of beauty? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to break that and not try to break it, but like I understand it, but there's other types of beauty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember you told me once a long time ago, you were like, 
oh, I didn't like shooting that girl. I was like, why not? And she's like, she did the whole like, she turned her back to me, put her hand up and her, like, put your arm down. Don't put your arm in the air right. and put your fingers through your hair. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The typical. I feel like, yeah, they, you know, like a lot of models or not models, just people in front of the camera have a lot of like go-to moves mm -hmm. and you try to like break them out of that and make them do mm -hmm. uncomfortable shit. For sure. <laughs> but then if you make the, if you make the model uncomfortable, you're going to get different stuff out of it, but I guess. But that's what I want. Right. You want that stuff. Like the unexpected moments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I want to now drill into... So this is what we're going to get to on this episode. We're going to get into where you came from mm -hmm. and like how you came up through photography, some of the stuff that you've sort of accomplished, and then where you're sitting at right now in terms of the intersection of like photography, fashion, social media person of color, young woman, like all the shit that you're like just dealing with. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, what a lot of our viewers and listeners are going to want to hear from. Cool? Okay. Okay. So um, take us back to maybe like the first time you had a camera in your hand. Um, I think I was quite young, but never really took it seriously. I just did it for fun. Mm -hmm. And my brother also took photography in high school, so... The camera he used, which was our grandmother's, I actually used when mm. I took photography. Film or digital? Film, obviously. Do you, Do you know remember? me? <laughs> <laughs> it was Canon AE, I, whatever. Sorry. Okay, yeah. cool. So your first experience was with a film camera. I'm wondering if in your, I don't really know exactly like what generation you came up in, but like were, did your phone already have a camera? No, I didn't have a phone until high school. Okay. Yeah, so... And when you had a phone in high school, did it have a camera or? Like it was a flip phone. So. Oh, so no. Okay. No. <laughs> so I, I was just wondering if you were like taking the illest pictures with like a flip like phone. You think I'm like 19? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, right. um, yeah. So firstly, what was like the first camera? Was that Canon AE? I mean, officially, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was one of those like. Sure shot. No, no, type it's things. film. Oh, it was film. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But then, like, there was always a camera in the house, like, you know, those really big body, like, you know, like the where you can get at, like, Best Buy. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. My dad was always, like, making home videos. Mm -hmm. So. Did you feel like you immediately, like, had a knack for it? Not necessarily. I was always interested in it, but. I didn't really take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I was also figure skating at the time. Mm -hmm. So my interests were elsewhere. Yeah. I was always into fine arts and I was always doing art at that age as well. But I became more serious about art when I realized like, I'm not going to go to the Olympics. <laughs> were you actually trying to go to the Olympics? Obviously. I feel like every athlete is trying to. Wow. Yeah. You were like a legit figure skater. Yeah, man. Wow. That's yeah. dope. Okay, did you actually think at that time that photographers was like a possible career choice? I had no clue what I wanted to do in my life, but I studied fine arts, studied photography, mm -hmm. and I was more doing fine art-based photography even, even so. Like fashion photography came later, mm -hmm. and then I was like, okay, this could be something I could do. Yeah. Yeah. Were you into fashion as well at this time? At what time? Of uh, high school to college? No, not as much. I was always into streetwear, but not as heavily. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So what was like CP's style back in high school? My God, I was a loser. 
I, I imagine you were like a B girl for some reason. What's that? <laughs> God, you just dated me so hard. You know, like a break dancing girl, like oh, baggy oh. ass jeans and like a Fubu t shirt. No, I, I loved Fubu <laughs> and jerseys. Yeah. Like I always loved jerseys because my brother was really into them. And uh-huh. like I feel like a lot of my interest and hobbies also comes from my brother. Mm-hmm. Like we were really close. Yeah. And that's why I think I'm more of a tomboy. Right. Like I, that's how I got into basketball, like, and even music wise, like hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't until I moved to Paris that I really got into streetwear because I started working for the store there. Which store? Give the store a shout out. She's like, no, I don't want to give the store a shout out. That's fine. It's all good. It's all love. <laughs> okay. So uh, how about sneakers? Were you into sneakers? Not as heavily. Oh, okay. No. Really? I'm yeah. Because I was really more into fine art. So. Wow. Yeah. It just, I was interested in it, but like, I wasn't like, oh, what's up? You know? Okay. Um, what got you to Paris? I was studying at Parsons and I found out there was a sister school. At the time, it was Parsons Paris. I believe they changed their name, but I was kind of sick of New York mm-hmm. and I had family at the time in Paris. So mm-hmm. it was easier for me to make that move. Otherwise, like it would have been very difficult. But what year were you when you went to Paris? I spent summers there first, mm-hmm. like 2008 and. 2010 and i moved there officially 2012 i think so that was like your sort of last year in college third second okay cool yeah i'm old for my grade i think what um what did you like about paris that you know you weren't getting in new york city i think it's just the architecture the beauty of the city itself Mm -hmm. and for me I liked getting lost yeah. and shooting. I was more into street photography at the time. So I have all these series where I would just walk around aimlessly like shooting. Like the, I have an open air market series. I did, and remember I told you from like in the past, like the shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so in New York, you know, obviously you can't really get lost. You always know where you are. Mm-hmm. And the architecture for me, it's like, it's cool, but like not my cup of tea. Right. And... At the time, I was very strict with myself. Like, I would never take photos vertically. Okay. You would only take horizontal. Horizontal. Yeah. So, why? I don't know. Just your own rule? Just my own, like, aesthetic thing I did. I mean, that only lasted like two or three years. That's fucking long to shoot one way. It's awesome. I just didn't like vertical photos. I don't know why. And then, like, when I got into fashion, they were like, can you shoot vertically? I'm like, oh. Right. But you know, New York City is very vertical. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it comes to the environment as well. Mm-hmm. And I always shoot outside with natural light. So, mm-hmm. right. You don't like, you're not the type of photographer that like brings a ton of lighting into a shoot, right? Not necessarily. I mean, if a client requests it, then mm-hmm. I can do it. But yeah. Okay. Um, and you were speaking French at the time? I took French in high school uh-huh. and I learned more when I got to Paris. Dope. My friends didn't speak much English, so they would speak to me in French all the time. So I know a lot of slang and like... Mm-hmm. Curse words. Curse words, yeah. Yeah. I took French in high school too and oh, I didn't did? do anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shame. Je m'appelle, je foi. <laughs> Ça va? Enchanté. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, your major was photography or fine art? 
I did fine arts first, and then I majored in photography after. Okay. What made you decide to switch finally? There was something about the medium where I really felt a connection with. I don't know what it is, and I still can't tell you today, but I was really drawn into it. And even being in the dark room, mm-hmm. it just became my sanctuary. I would spend hours there, and like the whole day would go by. I wouldn't even see the sun. Yeah. My, like, my fingers, my hands, like my clothes, my hair, everything would smell like those chemicals. chemicals. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe you're addicted to the chemicals. Oh my God. <laughs> well, the fine art gives you like, <laughs> like certain sort of creative freedom because you can create fine art from nothing. Right. And photography, you're sort of thrown into like a situation, right? Yeah. Is that maybe something that you like, the, the sort of puzzle-solving aspect of photography? Photography, you know what it is, right? Uh-huh. So someone's like, oh, you take photos, okay, you have a camera, you take right. a button. It, yes. But, and even the output of photography is like, it will be a rectangle or vertical or square. Like, right. So whereas it, fine it, art, it could be like... It tells you what you're doing, right? Yes. I don't know how to explain that, but the, yeah. Yeah, that, there's no, I don't think there's a word that describes yeah. that, but whereas... Painting mm-hmm. or sculpture or whatever, right. you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And photography was interesting to me because not only could I do whatever I want, but I can challenge the viewer to not expect what they're expecting. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like you think you're just going to see a photo, but right. let me challenge you as much as I can yeah. in that medium. Exactly. Yeah. Fine I mean, if is, you see my work, like, you know, I like to play with the perspective and, um, like, shapes and body. Yeah, and, yeah, right. There's a certain freedom in fine art where it's like, I could literally throw garbage on the ground and right. I could be like, that's my art. Yeah. It's like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so I could totally see where you came from. And, and then did you graduate, Parsons? No, I dropped out. Oh, what year? I had a semester left. Okay, what prompted the exodus? Well, I wanted to drop out for a really long time, but... <laughs> yeah, like every student. Yeah. <laughs> like from day one. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I was in Paris, mm-hmm. and my work, I was getting a lot of gigs, and I wasn't going to school. You went to Parsons? No. Yeah. I oh, did. yeah. So, you know, they have a very strict rule, like... Three absences. Three absences, and you're done expelled. for the whole semester. Yeah. And then they called me in. They were like... It was like one class that was like cur- history of curation or something. Mm-hmm. And this woman did barely spoke English. And I was like, man, I think she, sh- she should just speak French. Like, uh-huh. I think we would all understand her more if she spoke <laughs> French. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not coming to this class. It's like three, three hours long. And yeah. they, ca- they called me in and they were like, so you realize that you only went to three classes? You only went three times? Yeah. Not... Absent three times. No. Okay. And they were like, what are you going to do? And I was like, so I did this <laughs> whole thing where I'm like, oh, my career, like, da da da. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that what you guys want me to like start my path and like do that? And they're like, nope, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet, I'm done. Wow. Yeah. And my parents killed me. Mm-hmm. I had a semester left. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. Honestly, I was not having it and then you stayed in paris and then i stayed in paris for like two three years wow yeah getting gigs and like working yeah working damn okay
In today's digital world, there are people who've become known as photographers simply because of the phone that they own and Instagram. I'm not knocking it. Some of these people really do have the eye to become a dope photographer. The phone was merely their gateway drug into their art form. And that might have been the reason why they advanced to become a professional shooter. Some own it and truly find their lane. Others fizzle out and take up a new hobby. Some gain a little following, and others even take that following to live an influencer lifestyle. The positive here is that it's made us all just a bit more aware of how we can see and contribute to this world. But don't get it twisted. Christina is none of the above. To be completely honest, you might have discovered her off of Instagram. You might have seen her next to some of your favorite influencers. You might have seen glimpses into her mystery. But what she does online does not define her or her work. And P.S., if you're one of those people who don't know her from social, then definitely shout out to you. Photography isn't a hobby for Christina. It isn't a newfound discovery that she's taken up. She has studied, worked, and continues to hone her craft. She's absolutely serious about photography, not the recognition or the clout it can bring, but the actual work. So don't be confused about that popular profile. That's only the result of countless hours of hustle. It's refreshing to not only speak with someone so invested in their art, but to also hear about the foundation that they've built their art on. Some of you may have joined Christina midway through her journey, and it's the misconceptions that are important to understand here. Speaking with Christina is a reminder that when you go all in and focus on your passion, great things come to fruition. It may be a long haul. Don't get me wrong. It can be a very long haul. But that foundation you build will keep you going longer than the others that just happen to get struck by lightning. Trust me, I know firsthand. It took me many, many tries and rejections to get my shirts placed in the stores that I wanted. That rejection can result in two things. You can either give up or you can persevere and get better. That choice is completely yours. Can you remember those early gigs? What were they like? Like, what were you shooting, getting paid to shoot? My work back then was so different. Like, I was more eager, I think. I was more hungry mm-hmm. to, like, get my work out, to meet people, to connect people. So, um, Give me an example of, like, what a client was. Was it, like, a magazine, a restaurant, like, a hotel? Magazines. Or models? Models. So, okay. yeah, my manager now but he he's a he's a model booker and he's reached out to me and said hey i keep seeing your work i love how you shoot people mm-hmm. i want to send you girls every week mm-hmm. so that's actually how i started in shooting models okay and that's also how i started styling okay so i started styling the girls mm-hmm. mixing streetwear and high ends okay and that's really how everything started and just for those who don't know, it's very common, right, for a model booker or agent, model agent, to send a good photographer that they like his or her girls to shoot. And then you, the photographer, gets paid just to do that, right? I was, and the most interesting part about this was that he said, don't shoot the agency way, like, you know, like front, back, three quarters. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want you to shoot them your way. Mm-hmm. So that really gave me a lot of freedom and like a lot to explore with. Right. And that was really fun. And but those girls like usually come in all black or, you know, their style wasn't like 
interesting. (laughs) So then I just started styling them how I would dress. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah. So you were also applying your look to them as well. And is it true that models kind of don't have really good style on their own? No. (laughs) That's not true. I mean, now it's cool. But yeah, back then, like they would, I mean, it's also like, you have to keep it simple when you go to a casting or a go see or that's true. Yeah. You shouldn't walk in like a peacock with all. Well, this now shit. you can, but yeah. Back then it was back then it was very more professional, yeah. right? Interesting. Simple, yeah. Okay, so you were applying your look to that, and then you were getting paid. These are paid gigs, right? No. Oh, they're not. No. Okay, so what were paid gigs? This is like eight years ago. I don't know. You can't remember. You must. You, you know you my take, memory. You, you know, can think about. It. Take actually, your time last to think night about China it. was like, "I'm going to make you a shirt that says I don't remember you.'" <laughs> <laughs> or have we met? <laughs> or yeah, sorry, I'm it. Dory. Think about like the first time someone gave you money to do a shoot. I can't remember, but you know what? CP Girls started. I think from just shooting a lot of content and mm-hmm. sharing my work, that landed me a lot of gigs. And Heist Nobody reached out and was like, hey, do you want your own channel? Mm -hmm. So that's how actually CP Girls started. Explain what CP Girls is. It was a series every month or so, twice a month. Um, I would pick a model, call them CP Girl, and style them in five to six looks. Mm -hmm. Mini editorial Mm -hmm. vibes, yeah. And then put it on High Snob. And it was on High Snob, yeah. And did High Snob discover you through your Instagram? Yes. Okay. So Instagram, I'm trying to also place when Instagram started for you. Was it like during college or after you dropped out? It was after I dropped out. Uh-huh. So when I was working for that streetwear store in Paris, mm-hmm. my boss at the time was like, why aren't you on Instagram? I didn't really get the app because at the time it was really big to put on those film filters. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. Because, you know, I shoot in film, strictly, and I'm like, all right, this is fake. Mm -hmm. This is lame. This is corny. Yeah. And then people are like, no, you can post without a filter. It's Mm -hmm. more of like a Tumblr on the to-go. Yeah. You should get it. And I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I posted without no filter, and then I asked my boss, hey, are you going to follow me? And he was like, no, you're not popping. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to make it my goal. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to beg me <laughs> to follow your stupid ass. So that's actually why I got the motivation oh, to be, quote, popping. Right. And that was like 2012. So, uh-huh. yeah. That's cool. Um, I guess with the influence, this is my assumption, so correct me if I'm wrong, but like while you're shooting models and getting more into that like world, that's, is that how you sort of started to assimilate more into the fashion world as well? Yes. Okay. So how did, can you remember... And I know the answer is no already, but <laughs> can you remember like when you like shot your first fashion show, like got invited to a fashion show to shoot? It was 2014. Ooh, I'm impressed. I remember <laughs> okay. because... 2014. Yeah. Um, I was shooting for a magazine backstage at almost every show. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool at the time. It was a new experience. It was a new challenge. And I met a lot of people and yeah. Yeah. It was hard though. I don't know how photographers do it now. Well, explain for those who, who aren't you know, familiar with this world. So there's a fashion show, which is the thing that you see, this mm-hmm. beautiful runway and all the models coming down in the front row. But magazines would ask you to shoot backstage. So covering the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. what was happening. Hair and makeup, getting fitted, right. the environment, yeah. And behind the runway, it's a complete zoo, right? Zoo. Right, like 
worse than a zoo, maybe. Maybe. And you're covering that aspect. Right. Okay. And then so you're getting access to like all these other people in fashion, not yeah. just models, but other people. Designers, stylists, mm-hmm. models. How are you spreading the word about your work? Instagram. Yeah. At, so now at this point, like Tumblr was already dying out and Instagram was kind of taking over. Mm-hmm. And I would just share my work all the time. Yeah. And people were just organically gravitating towards it? Yeah. Cool. Did you feel like... I think just because for me at the time, like Instagram still today, it feels like a game. Mm -hmm. I think because I'm a photographer, I know what's visually pleasing and what's going to pop off and what's not. So Mm -hmm. it was more like a challenge for me. I'm like, hey, I'm going to post my lifestyle. Like I'm drinking coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you you think there's like an, a formula equation on how to make Instagram work? Yes. Okay, cool. Like the, even the whole grid thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And do you try to purposely break that rule sometimes and play by the rules at certain times? I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I think sometimes for me, I know a picture that will pop off. Mm-hmm. And then I know that sometimes I just want to show some honest shit, some real shit that I know won't pop off, but I'm prepared for the fact that it won't pop off. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. when I share my work, it doesn't pop off Mm. (laughs) more. Whereas if I'm posting a selfie. Yes. You know that you can just post selfies all day and your shit will pop off. Yes. Which is super annoying. Yes. So you're deliberately not doing that. Well, remember I used to not post my face and yeah, I was very for, strict about it. For many years, it. Yeah. 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 Even my voice. Like, <laughs> yeah, I broke that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I Vine was also really popular at the uh-huh. time. It was like six seconds. And if somebody recorded my voice, I would go ape shit. Like, yo, mute that shit right now. Wow. I was so picky and anal about it. It was yeah. just like, okay, I can't control this anymore. What was the reason why you were so anonymous with your face and voice back then? I just felt like my audience did not need to know what I looked like. That's why I also don't have a bio. Like, it's, you just have to judge my work on itself. Why does it matter what the person looks like? Mm-hmm. So Right. I think that's a good strategy. And then I, that led to, like, so many hate. Like, everyone was like, why don't you ever post your face? And if someone did photograph me, I would cover my face. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why are you covering? Why are you hiding? And mm-hmm. I'm like... It's just like a crazy phenomenon to people when like it's a girl and they don't like to show their face or post yeah. selfies. It's like... Right. You're breaking the rule of... The, this is not how this works. It's like a, you're supposed to show your face. It's definitely <laughs> like a reflection on shaming women in this culture. Mm. I think I know what you mean. If I can okay. pontificate. <laughs> Meaning if you're, if you're a woman and you're not willing to show your face, mm-hmm. it's probably because you're ugly. Yes. And if you're somewhat attractive... You should be flaunting it and making and money that way. It. Yeah, flexing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. So people thought it was weird. Right. Like, oh, you must have a scar on your face yeah. that you're not showing, that you keep covering. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying as fuck. It's annoying as fuck. And I was like, oh my God. Mm. All right. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> I'm actually cute. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not that cute. <laughs> okay. I, um, but even like, um, I was even like in public, I would always wear hats. Do you remember? Yeah, floppy and, hats that covered your eyes. Yeah, and stuff. like yeah. caps and like um, yellow shades. I was always covering my face. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really care. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. You didn't want people to judge you because of your looks or anything. Mm-hmm. You just wanted it to be about the work. Yeah. Which I think that was one of the things that I really liked about your early stuff was that it was like, who is this person? There was like a mystery about it, but the work was so good that it didn't matter who the person was, to be honest. Thank you. Yeah. Social media is inescapable in our lives today, especially for creatives. There's a certain stigma it can bring when you've really incorporated it into your life or work. We all know about doing it for the gram. And all too often, the ones who are good at using it are lumped into stereotypes, when in actuality, people like Christina are actually kind of hacking it. What came with her using the platform to showcase her work was constant negativity. And I'm not surprised at all. Social media can be great, but it can also be damaging. We've covered this with other guests before. There's levels to how you can use technology overall. Your intention is really important. Is it an outlet to showcase your work? Is it an opportunity to connect with people from around the world? Or is it a time suck that just distracts you from the actual work you need to be doing? Use it for yourself. Don't let it use you. There's a push and a pull that's important for you to figure out. I know it. Christina knows it. And recognizing that helps you realize that people are reacting to not necessarily you, but in fact, the perception of you. Remember, people, it's just a tool and it's up to you how you want to use it. I wish I could go back to that, to be honest. Can you? This is, this no. is we're, we're going ahead a little bit, but you sort of let the genie out of the bottle. There was obviously a point, and we could talk about this, like where you decided, fuck it, I'm just going to show myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And did stories have something to do with that? Like the, you know, story, like how it disappears in 24 hours. Did that make you feel maybe like, oh, I could just show my face because it disappears? Well, the stories thing was fairly new compared yeah. to Instagram. So, no. Okay, so you you decided at one point, I'm just going to show portraits of my face. Honestly, it wasn't a choice. I was getting more gigs if I was posting my face, as fucked up as as that sounds. But, like, my team and I were talking about it, like, the client likes to see you. It's more a personal connection. I'm like, who the fuck cares what I look like, honestly? Yeah. So, it wasn't a choice. If I, even doing press and, like, this podcast... Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Well, my podcast is audio only. So. I know. <laughs> but I, you were getting more work the more you showed yourself, yeah. which is unfortunate, but also facts at the same time. Facts. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And what really helped me be more comfortable being in front of the camera and being more myself, which is actually just a recent thing, like the past two years, you see them more playful and like I'm more... You. Used, yeah, me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because everyone thinks I'm like the standoffish bitch, like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, But I'm actually, well, I don't know. Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I I'm quite funny. I answer that question. <laughs> you're, you're also very humble. Well, so what really <laughs> broke, of, what really helped me be more comfortable being myself was when I met Aquafina. Oh. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Why? I met her um, 2015. Mm-hmm. And... I grew up with no Asians in my community. I really felt lost mm-hmm. trying to fit in. And she was like, yo, your work is so dope. You need to keep killing it, not only for the females, but like for Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. And that really hit it home. Yeah. Like I was like, wow. Right. 
So shout out Aquafina. <laughs> That's what really inspired me. Nora is like, and she's really funny. And she she's, gives zero fucks. Yeah. And that really inspired me to, okay, I want to be myself too. Mm. That's dope. Yeah. Representation. It's been such a major topic of conversation in recent years, but there's never a time we should let up. It's important to know that what Christina does, what I do, and even what you do, will eventually influence and make an impact on someone. Big or small, does not matter. We may forget this at times, but this reminder that Christina got is so true. Especially coming from Aquafina, someone who herself has recently broken so many barriers for Asian Americans. I think back to myself, and I was in the same exact position. I didn't see people who looked like me in the places that I aspired to be. And when I finally did, it was so eye-opening. Like, wow, that could be me. He looks like me, and he's doing what I dream of doing. For me, that person was named John CJ. And then it was Hiroshi Fujiwara. And to now come full circle, where I can build a platform that I can share their important story on, it's an amazing blessing. And while passing that knowledge down to the next generation might be super dope, it also might very well be the reason for living. I want to go back to Paris a little bit. Okay. Because uh, you mentioned backstage shooting, magazines hiring you to do that. Do you remember the first big... Because right now, your clients of um, fashion brands that, that you know work with you and collaborate with you is like huge, and it's like top-notch. Right, so it's like I mean, I'll do the bragging for you, but it's everyone from like Junior to Sakai to you know Off White to Y Three Yoji, like the whole gamut. Comb. What was the? Do you remember the first one that was like, holy shit, they're calling? Like I've made it. Do you remember that? I think the first show I got personally invited to was Dior, mm-hmm. like twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and I was like, sick. When you say invited, invited to shoot or invited to attend? To attend. Oh. So I was shooting backstage and oh. then I don't know what happened, honestly, where the, that transition right. was. And now I'm like all of a sudden getting invited to attend and they don't even care if I shoot or not. That's very strange because I would assume strange. most of the other photographers toiling away backstage aren't asked to sit in front of the stage. And then, like, I would get fitted and just, like, I yeah. don't know what happened, to uh-huh. be honest. Like, I don't really know. You don't really know, huh? No. It was, like, this mystery thing. I think just with, like, social media, that comes along. Right? Yeah. So. And I think because you also did styling, they liked your eye and your taste as well. Yeah. See. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, go through some of those clients that you've worked with and, like, talk about how it is to work with them like and you could pick which ones you want because these are people and brands and designers that a lot of creatives would like cut off their arm to work with and like you're getting invited to be fitted and get stuff like yoji was really sick for me like i remember shooting backstage for yoji and and i was like this is a really cool experience and the whole team meeting the team and then all of a sudden getting invited to the shows, sitting front row and getting styled. Like, I'm just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, Did you already know back then what Yoji meant? To what? Like, 
the gods. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Yoji, sure. no, like, you didn't have to go through H&M, Forever 21, American Apparel, Zara. Like you just went straight to God level. <laughs> he's, he's amazing for sure, yeah. yeah. So you knew? Yeah. Okay. Duh. And were you not like, like you must have felt like, holy shit, I really made the right decision in my life to like shoot, drop out of school, like all that shit. Yes, that's when I was like, mama, I told you. <laughs> Because you know how Asian parents are, like how yeah. important education is. And they're like, oh my God, you're a dropout. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge deal for them. So mm-hmm. I was like, finally, like they can be proud. Were they like, who's Yoji? <laughs> yeah, they were like, so? <laughs> what about that master's degree? <laughs> right. But honestly, like, and also that also, when living in Paris, that really helped a lot because... I was a female. I was also American. So when there was people visiting, I would always like. Con- there, it was more easier to meet people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if I was in New York, it would have been harder to be make my career. Right. So like. You had a unique position in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that would come over or whoever like musicians had a show, they would invite me. You know, I got to meet a lot of people that way. Mm-hmm. And Virgil and I had a, a lot of mutual friends and. He hit me up one day and he was like, oh, I'm going to start a new brand. And at the time he had Pyrex. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you mean like a newer version of Pyrex? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm going to do like women's wear, like high end. Mm-hmm. I was like, word. So we shot the first lookbook and we've been working together since. Wow. And that was the first off-white women's collection? Yes. Okay. Um, when you were first introduced to Virgil, were you like... It's funny because right now you have to put into perspective, like especially the listener, like everyone knows who Virgil is and what he does today. And it's like, again, entering God level status, right? But when you met him, were you already like, holy shit, Virgil? Were you like, oh, it's Virgil? Like, I don't don't know where he was in terms of reputation during Pyrex era. What was his reputation during Pyrex era? I think he was so cool. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was doing great work for Kanye, and mm-hmm. I thought he has an architecture background, right? Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was really sick. Mm-hmm. We officially met face to face at a Kanye show in Paris. Okay. Yeah. That he invited you to. Well, like we were friends online, uh-huh. and he would see my work, and that's how he reached out to me. But then, like, we were met at Kanye show in Paris. Okay. Take us back to that first lookbook shoot for Off White. Okay. What was it like? That was really fun, honestly. Virgil Virgil is really funny to me. He doesn't really give me much guideline. Like, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, just do whatever you want. <laughs> wow. And we shot this editorial vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Paris. And you really just, like, took control of it. It was fun. <laughs> Are you proud of it? Well, seeing how off-white it is now, it's crazy. Yeah. And even like back then, we like in the showroom, it used to just be like Samuel was working at Off-White at the time. Samuel Ross, Coldwall, was working for Off-White? Yes. Okay. And that's how, actually how I met Samuel and Ace, Andrew Oh, yes. Harper, Ace yeah. Harper. Yes. Cool. For those listening right now, not that this is a shameless plug, but... You should listen to the Samuel Ross episode Jesus. of Business of Five. No, because he tells the other side of the story of how Virgil contacted him. Oh, okay. And it's breathtaking, like okay. how he describes yeah, it. Yeah, sorry so I haven't listened to any of these other podcasts. <laughs> That's all right. All right. You're too ADD. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, and then 
Talk a little bit about how it was progressing along working with Off-White, like continuously, because you went beyond lookbooks, right? Like you went into also covering backstage and fashion shows and also getting fitted as well. So after that first lookbook, um, Virgil was like, you know what? We should keep shooting together. I want you to shoot men's. And I'm very into menswear, Mm -hmm. myself personally, and my personal style. Mm -hmm. So... He was like, I like that you put menswear in, onto girls. Let's shoot that. Let's shoot that vibe, blah, blah, blah. So we just kept shooting. Mm-hmm. And we were like, and then, oh, yeah, Fashion Week, um, his first, like, sh- quote, show. Yeah. Quotes. Wow. Oh, um, yeah. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> no, I didn't do that on purpose. So that was really funny. Okay. Um, oh, shooting backstage. So... Virgil was like, hey, let's do like a little mini zine and put out this content. And we're like, okay, cool. Seasons go by and we're like, when should we drop this book? Mm -hmm. This collection of photos. Collection of photos of backstage, fitting, styling, Uh BTS. Right. And we were trying to decide on when when was like the best to drop it. And honestly, we were just like, fuck it, let's just keep shooting. Mm-hmm. And so from 2014 to current, I haven't released any of those photos. Wow. So it's a lot of content. You might have like the largest archive archive of off-white yes. stuff. Yes. So you know his his recent MCA book, uh, there's a lot of the pre-images mm-hmm. that's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's the, the actual whole book still hasn't dropped yet. But it will drop one day. So there's images in the MCA book. But yeah, our photos have not been released. Only Damn. on social media, like he'll post here and there, I'll mm-hmm. post here and there as teasers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Amazing. It's What's insane. your dream? What, what, did you, what do you want to come out of this archive of photos? To finally release it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice, right? But he that keeps, he keeps nice. adding to it. So and it's I like, keep adding to it. It's just like, I don't know when to stop. So yeah. yeah, I'm not in any rush. Everybody always asks me like, when are you dropping it? And I'm like, I'm in no rush. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, fuck it. Right. And then he just did that book too. So it's like too close, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought it was a great time when he got pulled over to Louis Vuitton. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's a good time. It's like a, you know, mm-hmm. he has a new chapter. So, right. But it's even getting more interesting. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know when to drop it. Yeah, right, right. I want to ask you one more thing about Virgil um, because you've had the opportunity to spend a lot of intimate time with him for all these years and seen from Pyrex days to now, you know, where he is at. How is he handling the change? When I see him, I know how busy he is. Mm -hmm. I don't like to give him extra stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, what up? That's it. (laughs) Right. That's respectful of you. Yeah, it's like, I know he has, and he loves doing a million things at once, so... Mm -hmm. I just say, hey, what's up? I'm going to do this, this, this. That's it. I, don't, I like keep it very short, simple. Christina and Virgil working together is a perfect example of real recognizing real. Two different but similar people who are each great at what they do. Christina is very intentional with her photography and Virgil is a walking library of references and a cultivator of amazing talent. This is often a great mix, someone with a purposeful eye and another person with a distinct vision. What I love about the business of Hype is we hear what goes on in between the IG posts, in between the group shots of everyone at a Paris fashion show, 
or the DJ sets at the after party. There is real, serious work being done. You go back and look at any of these posts and think about all of today's heavy hitters and what they're doing. These weren't just homies hanging out. This was a new wave of creatives who were about to change the entire game. What year did you start branching off into like your own merchandise? So I started touring my show in mm-hmm. like 2015, 2016, and that's when my merch, my merch started. Mm-hmm. You yeah. came along with the shows. Yeah. Were you inspired by any other photographers? Because mm. I don't know other photographers who have tours and shows and merch and t-shirts and lighters and shit like that. Like, well, first off, lighters are my business cards. Okay. So that came. That's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, for smokers. You lit that candle with my lighter. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate when people are like, oh, I don't smoke. I'm like, bitch, just take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, did you, were you inspired by another photographer no. that did this type of stuff? Not really. Okay, cool. Just your own idea to, to do this yeah. type of. I, I'm really old fashioned. Like, I like seeing photos on a wall. Mm-hmm. Even now, I don't like to share my work. I just hate the idea that it just lives on social media. Yeah. So it I'm not really, it, right? I'm not sharing it right like any of my work that I've been doing. So mm. I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to do a show. No yeah. one's doing it. Right. Fuck it. Why not? If I can do it, I can do it. And you're doing. You did it. And I did it. Yeah. What cities have you toured in now? A lot of cities in Asia, like mm. um, Tokyo, Seoul, Taipei, Singapore, Hong Kong, Paris, London. That's dope. It's worldwide. It's like all New York, the, LA. That's all the right cities. And when you do a tour, are you the one organizing it or is someone usually inviting you? Someone usually invites me, but I but I um propose. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool. Can nice. we sell your merch too? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> cool. What are some business struggles that you might have gone through? I think during projects, you have to be really careful who you work with. It's not just about being cool. It's about working with brands that have good backbones. Mm. Like a lot of big companies take advantage of you and not like to credit you or they try to take a cut off you, especially being a female. This happened to me recently. Mm. And I was like, hell no. Mm. And you have to be, and people that are trying to be socially conscious, you don't want to be affiliated with brands that are known for donating money to like whack political. What am I saying here? <laughs> My God, I'm like going on a rant. I must have had like 20 coffees. <laughs> you want to be careful of companies that donate to what? A whack political thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. And funding groups to like close Planned Parenthood, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And also like, you have to be more conscious of people who, with people who you work with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because why? Because um, what if they're like donating, donating or like affiliated with stuff that you don't believe in? Right. And then you get caught up in and that. And then you get caught up with that. Like right. pol- whether that's like political shit or... Mm-hmm. Human rights. And human shit. rights. Yeah. yeah. Or, for sure. And I say more no now. Mm. More, I say more no to gigs than yes. Mm-hmm. Because they just want to attach my name to something and I can't be associated with something that's whack. Mm -hmm. It happened to me in the past where 
I did this photo shoot, right? I mean, like I told you, I learned everything from experience. Mm-hmm. And I did this shoot because, you know, I wanted the bag and I the clothes were whack, but I just did it. Mm-hmm. And then it was online everywhere. And my name was all written all over it. I didn't even do the final photos or the layout. It was just embarrassing. I want to go in a little bit on how you said just now that you hate sharing your work on social media and you want it to be on a wall. And I can understand that. But from my perspective as a viewer and not as your friend, I want to see you post more of your work on social because I'm there and I want to see it. And I also want people to know that you are a actual skilled photographer yeah, people and, think I'm a blogger right now. Right, yeah. like that you're like that you're not famous because you hang out on the beach all day. Right. So I want you to post more, but I can That's see your point says, of view yeah. that you don't want to post. Yeah. So what? How do you solve this? If I knew, <laughs> <laughs> if only be, you knew, right? If only I knew. It's it's this is life's big question, isn't Man, it? I'm in a phase right now where I just don't want to share. Damn. Yeah. And that's so, sad for everyone. I know, right? So sad. Too bad. (laughs) I'm kidding. I think you should post. I'm honestly so sick of social media. I know, but it's like, you remember back in the day when like you'd have to make comp cards and like hand them out to agencies and shit? Yeah. Just think of Instagram as just that. It's just. I know, it's your portfolio now. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't overcomplicate it. And And the people, both corporate people that have checks and the young people that you want to inspire need to see your work. Too bad. I, <laughs> like, for, like, I don't know. Photography means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just want it for myself. Mm. Back in the day, it was more about sharing and inspiring others. And that's why I became an artist, because I wanted to inspire others. I wanted to connect people. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, it's just too much that I'm just like, okay, I want this for myself. That's totally fair. Can I ask, did the criticism and comments, and I can't even imagine what the DMs look like, but did that have an effect on this decision? The fact that everyone is a critic now, right? If you make comp cards and you pass them out and people hate your work or they think you suck, you don't actually hear that. They just say it after you leave. But now because of social media, when someone says this shit is whack, they say it to your face and everyone who follows you also sees it. Does that have, that must have an effect on a creator. I love a good critique. A good critique. A good, good, good being the operative word, but right. there's not a lot of good critiques out there. Right. So does that like, I don't really, you don't get hate. Maybe not straight to my face. But how about like on social media? Oh, I immediately block them. <laughs> There you go. I learned that from like ASAP Nast. <laughs> just immediately block them? Immediately. Just delete the comment and block them. Oh, I'm, I have a different strategy. I leave it up. Yeah, you're old school. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I actually think... To, I just don't want to see it on my page, to be honest. I actually think seeing it on your page and knowing that... Makes it real? No, 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 no. Knowing the fact that everyone knows, including the hater, knows that you could have deleted and blocked it. You but you cooler. left it up. Yeah, I think it's like, I wear this criticism like a badge on my sleeve, motherfucker. Yeah, that's cool for you. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, to each his own. Yeah. 
<laughs> Every time I see hate on your page, I'm like, why don't you delete that? I know. I love it. I actually want to reply, but I, but replying to it is like too much, giving it too much attention. Right. So I'll yeah, just yeah. leave it up there. Because that, that's initially what they want, right? Yes. For, they're trolls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Attention. Yeah. And I've actually heard other people, like very high level people, be like, wow, the stuff you're making makes people really mad sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of awesome mm-hmm. that like it instills hate like that. Right. So I kind of like, like, oh yeah. Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman to me or Mike Sherman instilling hate on Mike Sherman? No, no. How he gets a lot of hate. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And he leaves it up? I don't no, know. No, I, 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 I thought you meant like, because what he's doing and he like bootlegging everything. Oh, so oh, like, oh. Also, shameless plug, oh, listen to Mike Sherman's <laughs> Business of Life episode. <laughs> we went to Parsons together. You did? Yeah. Oh, dope. Yeah. You proud of him? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I hope he's proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, is it, is it a struggle to, to deal with like the social media world versus the real world? Is it something that you go through a lot? Yeah, just because I feel like now everybody expects me to post. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even want to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have to know. Yeah. It became something that I found joy in, mm-hmm. or I, something that I found that was fun. Yeah. Became like a job. Yeah. Worse almost. than a job. Yeah. Yeah. You like, somebody asked me on set the other day, how many posts do I do during a day? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. I know I have to post, but yeah. Yeah. And it's the wackest part is like if you don't post somehow like you're not okay. existing. No, yeah, pe- yeah. like you're not people okay. comment on my shit and DM me and like, are you okay? You haven't posted in three days. Mm-hmm. God forbid. My like, God. <laughs> right. Like I'm in my room. So, <laughs> so have you figured out a new way to express yourself? I think being more comfortable with myself and being more silly and like instead of, you know, just posting work. Mm-hmm. You're more comfortable doing it that way. Yeah. Because that's like the real you. Yes. Well, how about offline stuff? Like, So my Instagram actually got hacked last year, oh. end, of, end of summer last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought I wasn't going to get it back. So I made, it a new, I made a new account called Stay Offline. I didn't even know about this. Oh, okay. Okay. What, what happens on Stay Offline? <laughs> I, w- I was only posting like work, tour, and strictly... Yeah, strictly work. Yeah. Oh, I got to follow this. No, I don't post on it. I'm just sick of social media. <laughs> I don't even post on My Kind of Cozy. Like, I don't do right. any yeah, of You have My Kind of Cozy. Yeah. Pack, oh, you have, Pack Studio. Yeah, and then you have your personal one, which I I'll announce at the end of the show. Private? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. I, I don't even it? post on my private account either. I'm like... You're just off I'm just of like, yeah. yeah. Somebody the other day was like, how are you promoting Stay Offline if you're one of the most active users on my feed and i was like well first off i'm in tokyo so i'm gonna post a lot Mm -hmm. and i it's more than just like i might post a lot and share a lot but i'm not on my feed a lot that's what people don't know yes i get what you mean yeah like i'm on my timeline for like two seconds and i'm like bored or Mm -hmm. i don't even look at it i do share a lot Mm -hmm. but Okay, it's this is different. something that you and I have in common, and we okay. have very little in common. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought we had a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm the same. Like, I post, but I find myself swiping up on the feed 
about three photos mm-hmm. and, and then I'm I done. Gotta, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Why? Let's analyze. Why is that happening? Because it can't just be the two of us. It's, I'm right. sure it's happening to others too. It's not even in order, right? Like That's a problem. Yeah. It's not in order. Instagram. Yeah. Let's, I'm going to get that guy on, by the way, who can make this change. Oh, wow. Um, ads. Ads. Right. They suck. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, my theory is that it goes into some of the things that you were talking about earlier, which is the formula of making things pop off. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people figure out the formula, then everything starts to sort of look the same. And, and that's where hype comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no offense, hype piece, but <laughs> that's where hype comes in. But And everything starts to look the same. And the other thing that's really annoying to me is because it's out of order now, you ever have Instagram like serving you this? You've seen this already. Like, I already like this photo, or I already saw my no, friend post weird. this, and then it just shows it to me again. No, I've never seen that. Oh, that's really annoying to me. Yeah, because wow. then I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never seen that. Maybe oh, okay. I'm not on it that long enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Anything else you want to add to that? I think I've always tried to like control everything, and I was very sensitive about a lot of shit and it really affected my relationship with people and my career I feel and I'm learning this now and yeah I was very controlling like if something didn't go the way that I wanted to I would flip a shit or like I would be a bitch and I think that was a huge problem for me because I became this like alternate person Mm -hmm. I just don't like to waste time and People might say I'm like a difficult person to work with, but now I'm just trying to let it go and not be not be so concerned about things I can't control. Mm. And that changed my life. What prompted you to do that? Just reality check. I was mm. like, all right, this is not me even. Mm-hmm. I love meeting people. Like, when did I become such a bitch? Like... Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's also because I don't have a good memory and people think people take it really offensive like if I don't remember that. <laughs> right. I have a bad memory too. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, this might sound really corny, but so I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I photographed things to remind me oh. kind of. So that's kind of how I like photography. It's your reminder. Yeah. So if I didn't shoot you, I'm not even now if I shot you, but yeah. If I didn't have an intellectual conversation with you, I'm not going to remember you. Mm -hmm. And also if I didn't take a photo of you. (laughs) Wow. That's deep. It is deep. Do you catalog your photos and oftentimes take a look back at stuff? For sure. It's been important for me to try and work through the obstacles that have come my way rather than being defined by them. Can you give an example of an obstacle? Like being in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Like I hate it. Yeah. And that hatred at one point in your past defined you, but now you're trying to move past it by just accepting it. Being able to connect people, which I really love mm-hmm. um, because of the work I've done or anything yeah and being in the public eye does make me uncomfortable but it's worth it to me because then people can share stuff like can relate or be inspired right i'm that's another thing we have in common that you don't like being in the public eye 
it's not my natural DNA to right. be in the public eye. I hate it. Like, I hate doing that one-to-one thing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I realized that, and you've obviously come to this realization now, is that there's a greater good in getting over that uncomfortableness mm-hmm. because there's so much positivity, both for the other people and for yourself, in doing that. Yeah, and Aquafina really pushed that for me. Mm-hmm. Because she was right. There were not that many females, especially as an Asian American as well. Yeah. And I'm in a boys club. You know, streetwear is very male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make more noise. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to step out. Right. Yeah. Even I always feel like in life, you have to feel uncomfortable, even Mm -hmm. in work. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're too comfortable doing something, that doesn't... That's that's not right. Yeah. You got to push yourself. Yeah. You have to push yourself. Take some CBD oil. It'll be fine. I truly appreciate the honesty from Christina here. We create a perception of the people that we discover and see online. What picture they share, what caption they use, even what other posts they like. All of this is used in a way for us to define others, and it's all just for our convenience. What we often forget is the person behind those posts and the self-truths that they may or may not be addressing. Christina admits there are things that she felt she needed to change, and it's great to hear that she's exploring that on her own terms and in real time. There are some things that simply cannot change and are out of our control, so we need to figure out life from there. In the business of entrepreneurship, It can definitely have major highs, like the wins, the new work, the praise, but it can also have major, major lows. The hustle can be an emotionally and mentally taxing endeavor to take on. And sometimes it's just you and only you experiencing those ebbs and flows. So hearing other people speak on it, some of those hardships that they face as well, it definitely helps out a lot. Are you at a place right now where you're comfortable or you're in a place where you're pushing yourself into something uncomfortable? I'm always pushing myself to things I don't want to do, like this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's true. Those are facts. Yeah. I I, had to really push you. You asked me for months and I was like, "Mm." I even texted you yesterday, who cares about me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the social media thing too. Like Mm -hmm. I don't. I just like the reason why I'm promoting stay offline is just to like remind kids like this isn't the end result. I know it's your portfolio right now, but go to a museum and why do you have to post that you were even there? Mm -hmm. You looking at a painting, who cares? Mm -hmm. Be there, stay offline, be in the moment. I think it's getting too much and like sharing and over constantly oversharing. The work itself is getting oversaturated. Mm -hmm. So it's like read a book. And don't share that and you're reading. And don't share that you're It's too much. Next to your perfect cappuccino in the book. And yeah, everything. of course. You got to curate it, you yeah. know? Life is cur- curated now. Right. Is it, um, you mentioned about Aquafina's um, influence on you, but did you actually feel like the difficulties of being a female and a person of color, minority, like, did that, do you feel those effects on like a regular basis? I really don't know the answer to that, obvious, like, obviously. Why not? <laughs> why, why, not wouldn't you, why wouldn't you know the answer to that? I don't like, know. I don't, 
Because you can't compare it to like a white man, for example. Yeah, I like, don't know what's like being a white dude. Yo, it's dope. Oh, I'm <laughs> gross. <I> bye. <laughs> no, okay. No, I'm kidding. To all the white folks out there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like even when I'm like on Canal Street, someone comes up to me and like, and they're like, Korean? Chinese? Konnichiwa. I'm like, wow, okay. This is 2019. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yikes. But I remember, and it was I, never cool to be Asian. No, no, except un, until, until the recently. last you know, like th- five years. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And now Asians are killing it. Yeah, it's almost unnerving for me that Asians are killing it right now. Although this is a different topic, but it's okay. I'm like not used to it. It's right, weird. we're not I'm, used to it. I'm way more used to like racial slurs and right. you know make, being made fun of, like yellow. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like, I used uh, to hate the color yellow just because of that reason. Wow. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like, why would I like the color yellow? Yeah. Now I, I love still yellow. Won't, I still won't wear yellow. Really? Yeah. Now I love yellow. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. The color of the sun. <laughs> Wait, I was going to ask you a follow-up. <laughs> Remind me of this story, because I remember you told it to me once, where it might have been either High Snob or Hype Bay. But like someone asked you to shoot something about like a woman only woman power thing, and you were like, "Why the fuck does it have to be about woman empowerment? Like, why can't it just be?" I don't remember oh, this at all. Really? You don't remember this? No. But yeah, why okay, the why fuck did, does what? it have to? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah, why? I don't know. I feel like the more we talk about it, we're making it a bigger issue. I know. I understand. Like. Oh, Raising awareness, we should talk about it. These are points that we that should be addressed. But it's like you guys are making it a big deal. <laughs> well, is is that because in some ways you feel like if you have the skills and you're qualified, you will rise to the top, right. irrespective of what you look like, mm-hmm. right? And it's history has shown that, right? And even being paid equally mm-hmm. to be paid equally, yeah, right. Sorry, I'm so out of it. <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying. Okay, that's a good you point. You can't lie that I'm trying right now. Yeah, I guess you're trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you should see the, the notes, a lot of notes. Okay, we're going to go into advice now. So, if you could go back in time and give yourself, your younger self, knowledge that you've learned all of these years, what would you tell young Christina to do? Would you tell her to stay in school? Mm. Would you tell her to buy stocks in Off-White? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just feel like I was always so hard on myself and was trying to please others on my own. And mm-hmm. even mental health, like self, self-love. You don't have to say it like that. It's, it's trending. <laughs> To, to do what with her mental health? Mental health, I think, I feel like you would never even talk about depression because mm-hmm. in the Asian culture, that was always looked down upon. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so to try to convince my parents to get therapy in high school was so hard. Mm. And you tried and they wouldn't, or you Well, they hit just it. gave me a, I hit it a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah, so it's, yeah, it's just something you never talked about, right? Yeah, no. You'd no. be a complete failure. Yeah. Like you're you're like a weirdo if you go to therapy. Totally. Yeah, but now it's like I always recommend it, even though I haven't gone to therapy myself in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm just like 
all this shit happened. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You're being very Asian. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever. Can we whatever. not talk about this? I'm just, whatever. I move on. Yeah. yeah. But therapy is very helpful, obviously. Very, it's accepted. Yeah. Now it's very accepted. People love to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's like too much now. Right. It's so over- you, would, you would tell young Christina to just be more self-aware of self-aware. The, the things that she was going through. For sure. Right. And just, you know. Um, and photography is the right choice for her? Fuck what I know. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> yeah, what would you tell? Would you would you tell young Christina to stick with it? Stick with photography? Or like, yo, go to fucking law school. Maybe. <laughs> Listen to mom. I always wanted my master's. <laughs> yeah, but you dropped out of school with a Well, like, this is what I'm saying before. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So you would maybe say like stay in school? No, that sounds so lame. Right, she would Stay never. School, she guys. would never listen Hell to you. Hell no, I don't know. I just feel like you learn from your mistakes, right? You can't mm-hmm. really give advice to my younger self. Like I don't regret anything either. You it makes you the person who you are now. Mm-hmm. No regrets. No regrets. So okay. that's always been my thing in high school too. I did a self portrait. Like I love making mistakes or something, and mm-hmm. people were like, "Whoa." There are going to be so many people during your journey that will tell you to do this, tell you to do that, and tell you to pivot, think through your idea in a different way, or tell you to try something totally new. I'm sure at times their intention is to help, but it all comes down to you and what you want to do. No one should have the power to waver your decisions. You have all of the authority to decide how you want to keep them in mind. Think of it like a mental filing cabinet. One section for helpful advice and direction, another section for constructive criticism, and a different section for those who say your ideas aren't worth it, and a key to the whole damn thing that serves as your passion. Like what Christina said, she has no regrets from her younger years, but if there was one thing to follow, it's not the quote-unquote advice from her teachers. It was to follow her passion itself alone. Stand firm in your beliefs, because when people start calling you a genius, don't forget that the day before, they were probably calling you crazy. Um, The advice I would give to myself, maybe just to stick to what you're passionate about and to care less what other people think. Mm -hmm. I was more into my fine art based and... I feel like art, no one cares about art these days. And it's more about hype. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, like, even my weirder side, my series, like, I remember in school, my professors were like, nah. Mm. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and right. you love that weird series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I get that more often. Right. Because now it's like, no, like, I don't know. It's different. Yeah. It's just different. But it's tough when, like, a person that you're supposed to, like, listen to right. is telling you no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were wrong. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck your professor. No, that sounded so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screw, no, not screw your no. professor either. Don't necessarily listen blindly to 
what other leaders. people, yeah, yeah, or what anybody has to say. Right. If yeah. you, if you're passionate about something, you should stick with it. Hey, thanks for listening to this very deep and emotional episode with the ever-talented Christina Pack. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I personally use Anchor FM. And please do me a favor and leave a rating and comment to tell us what you think of the show. And also, tell a friend about the show. And if your friend is everyone on social media, well, feel free to share it there too. It definitely helps out a lot. We occasionally do answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, shoot it over to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Nevetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers Berry. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpra and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio and on location at the Staple headquarters in New York City. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hypebeast Radio. Um, hey, let's see what the fans want me to ask you. Oh, okay. So before we started this, Christina went on her IG stories and said, we're doing this podcast. And then she asked her followers to see what I should ask. So let's see if there's any good questions there. Okay, there's good ones. Let me see. I, I just want to ask you. Wow. So now I, I have even, your phone. Yeah. He didn't even get to, I didn't even get to see. These are great questions. Okay, oh so we're going to do, this is, this is awesome. This is the first for the business of hype. Live audience Q&A via social media. Okay, this comes from at Kyle CA. What is the one thing you don't like about the fashion world? How fake people are? Yeah. It's pretty fake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like all like I keep my friends really tight. Like I have a small group of friends and I might have one fashion friend. Mm. Yeah. Ouch to those fashion Sorry. friends listening. <laughs> <laughs> the burn. Oh at Andy Kim 47. I don't know if you're allowed to say the users. I think I am. Okay. Uh, at Andy Kim 47. Because when you post, mm-hmm. when you share that question, yeah. they become anonymous. It doesn't matter. Okay, they're, whatever. They're, yeah. I'm just letting you know. Okay. So these people might not want to be shouted out right now. Right. That's what I mean. I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, at, at Andy Kim 47. Inspirations? I hate this question. Okay. Why? You don't like giving up who inspires you? I mean, it's just everyday shit, right? Okay. Everyday living? Mm-hmm. You could say me if you want. Yeah, you inspire me. You, yes. You're killing it for the Asians. Like, <laughs> Okay. That's good enough. That's, that's a good All enough right. answer. At Cho on the low <laughs> has asked, do you fold your shirts or hang your shirts? Great question. I. It is. You're loving it. I hang the shirts that I love, mm-hmm. which is a lot, but I fold the ones that I go to gym in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fold the gym clothes. Got it. Fold the gym clothes, but hang, hang the ones you wear like on a weekly basis. Okay. Good. At Creased Stacks has asked a good one. 
How do you know when you're satisfied with your work? Are you ever really satisfied with your work? I think I've projected that a lot of times in past interviews. That you're not or That yes. I'm never satisfied. Okay. Is so it pushing, a true projection um, that you're never satisfied or sometimes you are satisfied? No, never because I feel like I could always do better. Mm. Is that an Asian thing? Yeah, underachiever type thing. So you've never posted a thing or produced a photo where you're like, that is fucking perfect. Well, obviously I got the, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that was money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm like, yeah, that's a fire shot. But I'm like, no, I mean, I always feel like you can always do better. Yeah. Okay. At KMMNNJG has asked, what did you do when you were 20? And what were you thinking when you were 20? I mean, she's 19 right now, so I don't know. Everybody, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I've been actually lying, lying about my age for... Because you're Korean. No, I've been saying I've been older. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Well, okay, so do you mind saying your real age on the air? <laughs> yeah, sure. What is your... How old are you? I'm actually 29. Wow, okay. I'm turning 30 in January, so that was like the first time i was gonna come out and be like this is my real age yeah i've been saying i've been 30 for three years wow okay i I lied about being 26 for like three years yeah okay so 20 was a decade ago (laughs) what were you thinking when you were 20 i guarantee you at kmmjnj she does not remember i don't remember (laughs) okay that's easy at young Worby asks what color tutu would you dance around in all day long red Okay. I don't know. Uh, at Soji asked you, because you're an expert at this, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, like how the fuck? Would... <laughs> is that even a thing? I've never even heard of that. Okay. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? What is, is your... It, is hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> He's asking you. I've never heard of this. Is that a no? I mean... I guess. I don't know. Okay. I've never even thought about this. I mean, there's bread and meat, so. Um, by the way, at Samantha Boys said, hey, ho. Oh, what up, ho? <laughs> okay. That's my wife. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up with at Kurt Benzio. Are you happy? Man, these are some deep questions. Like the hot dog a sandwich. <laughs> um... That's the problem with depression, right? Actually, my therapist used to ask me that every day. And I flipped on him saying, can you not ask me? Because it's not going to change. So I assume the answer is no, you're not happy. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But I'm good at faking it. Like, I remember I posted like a video of me dancing like Paris Fashion Week. My friend, remember my friend that does all those videos with the music and He's changing street style photography. He's doing the street street style video with the music. What's his Instagram? I don't know. But remember, we were at that restaurant, and that the Asian cat was like, "Oh, you're Jeff Staple," mm-hmm. and I told yeah. you, I showed you his profile. Yes. So he got me. Of so he so he's going around street styling, uh, street style photographing people. But now he has a speaker on his backpack, and he's and he th- videos people dancing. Mm-hmm. And which is really cool because, you know, you, it's like a fun time. Everyone's there. So it's a different vibe, right? You, yeah. Instead of like, oh, look what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And 
I reposted this part of me dancing, and someone commented if I could be this happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just faking it, bro. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Oh, poor CP. But what's, do you, have you isolated what's blocking you from being happy? I mean, that's the thing about depression, no? You don't know. Mm. You don't know. So you don't know. And you're officially depressed. For sure. No? I don't think so. You do a really good job of like... It's been such a thing for me, like for a really long time, that I'm okay with hiding it. Mm. Even with my anxiety and all this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to ask a real meta question. What if the the experience that you're living is in fact actually happiness? Okay. Well, that's the thing about being depressed. People think, wow, you live a great life and how can you be... Obviously, I'm blessed. Like Mm -hmm. what I get... I get to do what I love to do. Mm-hmm. I meet really cool people. I have experiences where, you know, it's rare mm-hmm. or whatever. And I am blessed to be in these situations and what I'm doing. But that's not, it's not like I'm not saying I'm not grateful or blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's a different. Totally. It's like all these, look. it's a different, like, and I think also with social media now, like everybody compares to everybody. Like mm-hmm. It's a game, yeah. Yeah, and like even being Asian, okay, well, if you're this Asian girl, you're compared to with another Asian girl. Like, mm-hmm. it happens in casting too. So, I mean, it happens in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's irrelevant. Like, the fact that you have blessed opportunities and you meet amazing things and do great things doesn't mean that you can't also be depressed. Like, they have For no sure. relevance to each other. But then people love to like push your buttons and be like, wow. Yeah, You're you not grateful for that? Right. I'm like, obviously I am. But mm-hmm. that's the thing about depression. You can't control it and yeah. you're sad. You're sad. <laughs> right, right. Therapy is really important to me too in talking about mental illness or depression and anxiety and all that stuff because it, it was so looked down upon. It was not cool to talk about it too. So mm-hmm. I like that it's trending right now. Why don't you go anymore? Like I said, like... I I just went through all that shit. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to relive it. <laughs> 2018 was like the hardest year for me. Um, what was going on? A lot of friends and family had passed away or got sick and or was or committed suicide. It was literally back to back. It was mm. insane. And this was literally the whole year. And I think I just like drove myself into work so much mm-hmm. and um i kind of became a mess that's why this year 2019 i took off tour i didn't do the whole circuit and um it's like my first to work less t- yeah working less i skipped women's week march it was my first time missing fashion week and since 2014 since i started mm-hmm. and i think i needed time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. You know when your house is a mess, your brain is a mess? I think that's what really related to me. Mm-hmm. And also I was traveling so much, I didn't have a home. Right. I was living out of box. I'm still living out of boxes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when I'm going to open those boxes, but... Yeah. You're trying to just clean up your life literally. Literally. And, and mentally too. Right. And since I was a mess, I was projecting anger towards other people when... 
I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. People think I'm like this boss standoff or like tough guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm really not. Yeah. It's just like how I protect myself. Because, you know, in friendships and relationships, like when you fight, it's when you care, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what was happening with my work. Yeah. I was fighting all the time. It's because I really care. Right. Because if you're not fighting, you don't really care, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also when somebody gets too close to you, you push them away. It's like uh, you're trying to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's deep that you were able to self-analyze to get to that realization. Yeah, so this year, it was really good timing for me to take the year off and not tour and do the whole thing. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.